JD Talking Sports. It is a rainy Wednesday, September 6, 2017. We are 27 hours away from NFL football. 27 hours away. Tomorrow, Venus will play Sloan Stevens All-American semifinal. Will I watch tennis or will I watch football? I got to be honest with you. I'm going to watch some football. And you know what? I want to say something. Watch the last episode of Hard Knocks and it's always cut day. It kind of ended with a thud, a dud. And I kind of felt like maybe it's jumped a shark and maybe it's time for them to call it a day with this Hard Knocks because it started off pretty good. And it was interesting, uh, Jeremy McNichols, the fifth-round pick out of Boise State, decided not to go on the practice squad because they hurt his feelings. He wanted to start over with the Niners. He said he would have a chip on his shoulder. But I'm thinking maybe if he would have showed up, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. There's no way they should have cut him. Too much talent. They said he could play in the league. And I'll tell you, he just kept making the same stupid mistake. He had to make a block, and he kind of went down, and the guy jumped over him in the fourth preseason game. I was not impressed. Riley Bulla, he made the practice squad. But it was interesting. Interesting kind of sad how, how cutthroat the league is. I mean, the guys are on top, and then the guys on the fringe of the roster, bam, it's over just like that. And they just, you know, guys say, hey, that's the nature of the beast. But it kind of was like the cutdown day. It kind of like, as I said, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Not a bad taste. It, it kind of left me saying, what was the point of that whole episode? It, it, I guess it's the same premise after a while. It's kind of, it's kind of, they're going to have to find a new way to reinvent the wheel. It just, I'd rather them just, yeah, there's something that they have to do different. It just wasn't that interesting at the end. All right, Isaac, I'm sorry, you have to go. Yankees rained out to play tomorrow, 135. And some interesting, st- I got some interesting stats. Oh, also, Coco Vandaway. Let's give her, let's give it up for Coco. Coco Vandaway today made the semifinals at the U.S. Open. Got to give her props. She beat the number one seed, Miss Pliskova, 7-6-6-3. And she is in the semifinals. She is going to await the winner of Madison Keys and Kanepi, who is from, I think she's from Estonia. Oh, yes, she's from Estonia. And I'll tell you, if Venus wins the U.S. Open, she will be the number two ranked woman in the world at 37. How about that? That's some crazy shit. All right. Now, a little interesting. Yankees, 24 games left. They're three and a half games out. They actually had a win. They were up 6-1 at one point. And they blew it. Batantis gave up a game-winning home run. Manny Machado had two home runs yesterday. And the Red Sox won in 19 innings yesterday over the Blue Jays, the longest game of the season. So Yankees could have been two and a half back. They're three and a half back. Orioles are seven back from them. Then the Rays, eight and a half. And the Blue Jays, 14. But the wild card stand is Yankees have two and a half game lead on the Angels. Three on the... Twins, four on the Orioles, six on the Rangers, and two and a half, uh, six and a half on the Rays. Now, games less versus, versus division Yankees, 17 to 24 against division teams, 18 against wild card contenders, 14 at home, 10 away. Good mix, you know, hey, but, and then they have 
Five left against the Orioles, three left against the Twins, and none against the Angels. All right, well, you know, can get it done, Yankee. Hey, you know what? All they got to do, place, you know what? If I think if they play uh, a 17 and 7 would be nice the rest of the way. I'd like it. Be 17 is my lucky number. Let's go 17 and 7, and Frank will be happy. Yankees can host a wild card game, and then anything's, anything's possible. Anything is possible. And also, they're going to have the 2K Sports Classic Basketball. This, this is not official. John Rothstein reported Yukon Huskies, Syracuse Orange, the, the Orange, the Ducks, and the Hawkeyes are going to headline. Also, the Providence Friars, the Hokies, the Huskies, the St. Louis Billikens. I love that name, the Billikens. Also will be part of the festivities. And UConn, I still remember that Big East game, what it was, seven overtimes? Freaking awesome. That was awesome. I love that. And they're both in the eight. And they used to be in the Big East, and now Syracuse in the, is in the ACC. <laughs> and UConn's in the American Athletic Conference. Syracuse in upstate New York is in the A's. I, I just love that. And the the Big Ten has Rutgers in it. I just love that. I'm like, oh, okay. That that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm, and then Sloan Stevens versus Venus tomorrow. But I'll tell you, I'm going to have to watch a football game, even though I am not a very big fan of Tom Brady. Well, I, I'm not a bit. I'll tell you, I think that offense is going to be out of control this year. Off the hook. Off the hook. And I talked about the U.S. men's national team got a tie yesterday against Honduras, in Honduras. Their next match is against Panama, October 6th in Orlando, Florida. And if they're going to, they don't, they don't get the win there, they're going to need a lot of help to get into the World Cup. Now, the nine points, same as Honduras, but they have a tiebreaker and goal differential and one point behind Panama, which defeated Trinidad and Tobago late Tuesday night. And they're all playing for a spot in Russia in 2018. You know, actually, whenever I see that Russia thing, I think, uh, uh, Rocky for where's the, where's the Viking? It's going to be in Russia. It's going to be in Russia. Still can't get over the freaking cornrows. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy stealing signs. Yeah, and the Yankees thought that, um, I'm blanking on the pitcher's name. They thought he had a, that he had an earpiece in his ear. It was his mouthpiece around his ear. That's what they would. So a little confusion right there by the Yankees thinking that the, the mouthpiece was actually, you know, that he had something covering his, that he had a mouthpiece, uh, he had an earpiece, electronic device on him, and the Red Sox picture had, it was, it was, it was, his, it was an earpiece. But good going. I mean, let's not be a little fucking paranoid, you know? I mean, why don't you take a second before you, you know, jump to conclusions? Kind of crazy, right? Now, Williams, listen to this. 20 years after she made her first appearance here, she lost... 97, she lost to uh, Martina Hingis in the final. Can you put 20 years? I, I, I think this is her 76th Grand Slam or something appearance. 76th Grand Slam. Was it match? I mean, if you just, to think 20 freaking years. That is unbelievable. She made the finals at Australian Open, the finals at Wimbledon, fourth round at French Open. She's in the semis now at the U.S. Open. She's had a hell of a year, man. Hell of a year. 
And she's the only player left in the women's draw who's won a major singles title. Her last was at Wimbledon in 2008. And her two singles titles at the U.S. Open came in 2000, 2001. How about that? She wins this one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But 2001, 2000, that might. And she's the oldest woman to reach the semifinals here in the Open era. And is guaranteed of breaking back into the top five of the rankings when the U.S. Open ends. That, to me, is amazing at 37. Kevotova said, uh, do they think, she, does she think that Venus can win two more? She goes, I think she can. I hope so, actually. Yeah, pretty cool. And how about this? Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, Nadal won today again in the semis. I was wrong. The semifinals will be on Friday. They have never met in the U.S. Open. Never met. They've also met four times at the Australian Open. They've never met. I thought that was pretty interesting. They've played 37 times around the world in 14 cities, but never in New York. And Serena and Maria Sharapova have played 21 meetings outside the U.S. Open. So they and they've never met at the U.S. Open. So it could be, and Friday night could be the deal. And actually, uh, Del Potro, the Ar- the Argentinian, will be playing Federer on actually tonight. And he hasn't faced him here. Actually, Federer hasn't faced him here since losing him in the two thousand nine f- final. Friday evening, that would be crazy. That would be pretty crazy, right? And I read something about this race in Sweden. The and I'm the swim one swim run say that fast swim run world championship at Atio, but I'm saying it I'm I'm butchering it O T I L L O. In which the swimmers, athletes swim and run 75 kilometers or 46 miles across 26 islands of the Stock, Stockholm archipelago, 46 miles over 26 miles. And I read about Rich Roll who wrote a book, which I want to get, which I'm going to get. Five, he's 5'11", 165, two-time Ultraman. You know what an Ultraman is? An endurance race in which an athlete swims, bikes, and runs 320 miles over three days. And when they get out of the swim, they have to go over gravel. Some guy shattered his chin, uh, cut his chin. One guy broke his arm. I mean, he so he wrote a book, wrote a book in 2012. It's an intimate account of his three-act metamorphosis from alcoholic entertainment lawyer with two arrests for drunken driving to a 208-pound sober couch potato to a vegan ultra-athlete. And I just was like, holy shit. I said, I got to get this book. He And he's he's in great shape now. And I said, you know, there's... You know, it's amazing. So he said, when you finish a swim, you land on these giant rock slabs, which are incredibly slippery. And most of the shoreline amounted to slick boulders and loose rocks. One athlete bashes knee, another split his chin, he said. And he also did the Epic Five Rich Roll, which is the most difficult endurance event. In 2010, him and fellow Ultraman Jason Patrick Lester completed five Ironman distance triathlons, 2.4 miles on a swim, bike under 12, and run 26 miles in just seven days. They did five of those in freaking seven days. That's out of control. He also has a podcast where he's interviewed a bunch of people. I've never listened to it, but I'll tell you, I, I kind of want to listen to it. Had over a, a million listens. Million, a million, yeah. Downloaded up, a million downloads for what he did with David Goggins, a former Navy SEAL who overcame poverty, racism, and obesity to become an endurance racing champion. It's amazing. 
and they said he they go pretty long his things, but they said he he averages about a million downloads a month. Show frequently cracks the top ten on iTunes, and I just I just started following him on on a on, on Instagram, and also Kerry Wall said. Uh, she said, I think his power lies in his authenticity. It's a total story of triumph through adversity. It's really empowering. At 39 after missing out on the Golden Rio, some were surprised you know, that Walsh didn't retire and instead set her sights on Tokyo. She said, Rich is part of my inspiration when I hear people say, you're 39 years old. What are you doing competing beating against 20-year-olds? Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, what the fuck? I feel like I can keep going. Also, one of the guys he inspired was uh, Josh Lejuni who in 2011 at 32 years old weighed 420 pounds. Roll inspired him to go vegan, lose over 200 pounds and become a champion ultra-distance ultra runner. I'm telling you, man, they, he just made me want to do anything. And he said this race was the hardest thing I've ever done. The main thing is realizing that even if you feel terrible for a while, that's not how you're going to feel the whole time. Things change if you just keep moving. And I agree. Sometimes I get out there and I don't want to freaking do anything. I just want to be like, I'm like, I can't do this today. I don't want to do this today. Like everybody says, oh, you love doing this. Listen, there's every day you get up and you can decide, do I want to Do I want to stay healthy? Do I want to work out? I see stuff my father's going, my father has diabetes, and I'm not saying my grandfather has diabetes, my father has a lot of health problems due to all the stuff that he went through, and I feel the same way. I said, I am not going to let this, I need to take control of my life. I've had some, I just got my teeth cleaned, and they said I have tartar on my teeth. And, you know, they said it could affect my heart. I had an ablation on my heart. Well, ever since I had that, and now my heart feels, you know, ever since I had the ablation surgery, I feel a lot better. I don't feel the, I don't feel the, the problems I had with the fluttering in my heart and everything. I said, listen, I'm not going to, I went through all that shit. I'm not going to let this affect me. Bam, go in tomorrow. They'll do half my mouth tomorrow. They'll do half my mouth next week. Bam, get it done. People, if you can take care of yourself and get your health, get yourself healthy, do it. Don't play around with your health. You know what? You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have your health, it doesn't mean shit. That's all I want to say on that front. All right, but I, Rich Roll, you're my hero, man. And and Roll said that though it took longer than expected, he was proud to have finished what he called the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Things change if you just keep moving. I agree. I know I just repeated myself. I just got into tangent. I got back and I realized, yeah, the main thing is realizing even if you feel terrible for a while, that's not how you're going to feel the whole time. Things change if you just keep moving. I agree. Thank you, Rich Roll. And Harvey's going to pitch on three days rest. I talked about this yesterday. Never done in 96 career starts. Thank you, baseball reference. Well, they said he only threw 70 pitches the other day. We can't, you know, they don't, they're saying, oh, well, you know, he doesn't, uh, and Sandy Anderson said, we don't think there's a significant medical risk to him at this point, and we, he, won't, he wants to get back in the round. Now they decided not to do it. And they said, well, you know, by even pushing him three days when he's never done it before, they're saying, what are the Mets thinking of him long-term with the team? And I don't know. And I love this. Uh, CC talking about Boston's, you know, Apple Watch, the Apple Watch gate. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. It's baseball. It's been going on forever. I love that. <laughs> It's 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 up to us to protect our signs. And and Girardi suggested using some form of electronic communication between the catcher, pitcher, and middle infielder, whether a headset like what quarterbacks use in the NFL or a version of text messaging. He said electronics is in the world we live in. It has changed the world we live in. It will continue to change as we move on. You know what, dude? Nah, I kinda like the way it is. I feel like, you know what? Like he said, you gotta you gotta you gotta protect your signs. I Girardi, I, I think it's cool. I think it's something you can think about, but nah, 
nah, I, I don't agree. Also, Hurricane Irma bearing down on Florida. The Yankee series at Tampa Bay next week could be moved to another location, but they kind of don't want to move. They don't think, Tampa Bay doesn't think it's fair to go to New York because I think they have to come there again. Listen, I hope it blows over, but they're, they're making everybody crazy. My friends, Gumbo Chef's family's coming up. I mean, you know, they, they got scared and he, he was concerned about them. But I have a client whose mom is down there in Central Florida and she can't fly. So the family's going down to her. They said, hey, she shouldn't be alone. She's, she's in her mid-80s. Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got a, my, my, my aunt's down there. You know, it's a little scary. You know, people are like, hey, we can't, if other people can leave, some people can't. I hope it goes out to sea. And, and I got a client who wants to go to Puerto Rico. She's got a timeshare. I'm like, hey, we hope it passes over. I want, to get, I want her to get to Puerto Rico. Have a good time. She deserves it. And Kevin Sumlin. Answered question Tuesday because the, the one of the regents in the university system regents called for his firing. 34-point third-quarter lead that they gave up on in the opening against UCLA on Sunday. Of, of course, have to go on social media. Facebook, Tony Budsby, a lawyer based in Houston, a member of the university, university boards of regents. You got to love that. Went right on. Have to go on social media and, 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 uh, and you know, I mean, that, that, that put my big point, big boy pants on. He goes, our players were better tonight. Our players were more talented tonight, but coaches were dominated on national TV yet again. I'm only one vote on the Board of Regents, but when the time comes, my vote will go that Kevin Sumlin needs to go. In my view, we should go now. We owe it to our school and our players. We can do better. And he also expressed his displeasure on Twitter, where he put, Sumlin has to go, tweeted, he tweeted, followed by the hashtag, fire Sumlin. He has three years, $15 million left. Contract runs through 2019. Now they have the money that they, the deep pockets, SEC money and all that. They could get rid of him. But he said he wasn't, someone said, not thinking about the critics. And his only focus is on his team before a home game against Nickel State on Saturday night. They also lost their starting quarterback. He's going to have to work with some backup quarterbacks. I guess we'll see what happens. Players are behind him. Hey, so that last season, Eight and five the last three years after starting five and zero each time. That's not good. He's not getting the job done. First SEC game is September twenty third against Arkansas. He said, uh, "You know, we've got to get some things cleared up." I guess we'll see. He's on the hot seat. Yeah, move. Nick Starkles is gone for the season. Senior free safety Donovan Wilson gone for the season. Both got injured in the game at UCLA. True freshman Kellen Mond could take over for Starkle as quarterback, but also Jake. Uh, Hubenak could could start on Saturday. But he has two weeks. Wait, does he have two more games? Two, yeah. Two more weeks until he has to worry about SEC play. But still, not good. Not good at all for Mr. Sumlin. Get your stuff together. Hey, listen. Hey, you know what? The heat's kind of off a little bit. Texas is not going to. I don't think they're going to have a great year. Mr. Herman's got a lot of. Shit he's going to have to deal with. In Yankee game yesterday, two hours and 14 rain delay. Game didn't end until after midnight. Machado hit his second on 32nd of the season. He, he had just come off August um, AL Player of the Month. And 25 minutes after their game ended, Red Sox beat the Blue Jays in the 19th inning at Fenway. Now the three and a half, hey, you know, I didn't think they were going to catch him. Three and a half out. Still got some time to play. Mark Trumbull, hey, congrats. 200th home run of his career. Well, started CC Sabathia. Bullpen did all right with Tommy uh, Conley, David Robertson, and Araldus Chapman heading into the ninth. And then Betances did not get the job done. 
And that is the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Said he was throwing mostly breaking balls, Patances. He was not happy with his fastball, but then he added the pitch selection was not the problem. It was the poor quality of the offering. And Machado took advantage of it. And ba-boom! Said it was a good pitch. A breaking ball didn't break. If that doesn't happen, I don't think we're really talking about not throwing as many fastballs. It just didn't do it just didn't do what he wanted it to do. That one just didn't do anything, and he was able to punish it. And that is the ball game. Hey, you're not gonna win every game. And Manfred said, I take, uh, you know, about the Apple Watch gate. I take any issue that affects the play of the game on the field extremely seriously. I do believe that this is a charged situation from a competitive perspective. When you have that kind of rivalry that the Yankees and Red Sox have, I guess it's not shocking you could have charges and counter charges like this. Speaking the truth. And Chase Headley got the day off yesterday. But listen to this. In 42 games, previous 42 games, 331. Seven home runs, 17 RBIs, 45 for his last 136 at-bats. 45 hits, last 136 at-bats. Aaron Hicks is on the DL. You know, he doesn't have a legitimate fourth outfielder. Maybe Tyler Austin will play a little bit. And the Mets, how about this? They're going to look for uh, next season a Bartolo Colon type who could pitch 180 to 200 innings and stabilize his starting pitching staff that will have enormous questions behind DeGrom and Syndergaard. But they also said, will they match last year's payroll? No, I don't think so. I think they have over $65 million coming off the books. But they don't feel... That, okay, the fact is they have questions at three, at three infield positions heading next year. Only shortstop is set and probably could use another outfield bat. They also need a proven reliever and probably a veteran starting pitching. And that'll be kind of expensive. But they're happy with the catchers. Even Travis Darno's hitting under, what's he hitting, like 230? And Kevin Ploiecki, who's been in 314 since they brought him up. He said he feels good about those two. So catcher, he's gets his, but they don't. But they haven't discussed if they're going to spend a little more money. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And Marcus Mariota, last season, 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 63% of his passes in the red zone. Fifth highest among regular season starters behind only Brady, Breeze, Tannehill, and Bradford. Now, I put Bradford, I put Brady and Breeze on a, on a level. Tannehill and Bradford. Bradford, you know, Bradford's never played a guy. He's never had a winning season and never been a, in a playoff game. At least Tannehill took him to the playoffs. He got hurt before the, but Tannehill, but Marcus Mariota is going to be the real fucking deal. He is going to be the real deal. He is going to be, I like watching him play. And they talk about Terry Robisky is the offensive coordinator for the Titans. He goes, he said, if a play breaks down, then you let Marcus be Marcus. He goes out and lets his natural God-given ability take over. And that's what, you you know, you kind of let this. And how about this? Craig Carden, arrested on federal charges, set up a Ponzi-type scheme, a Ponzi scheme with, with tickets, a ticker involving a ticket, broker business supposedly he said an email that he had three million dollars in in gambling debts this is the guy who worked his way up trout worked all over the country got a job boomer science didn't know him at all they met and boomer said this is going to work and they the number one rated between 25 and 45 year olds in the country i mean their 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 show is huge they took over for imus after imus did the whole thing with the Rutgers program 
he's been with them 2007, and this guy is like a huge, huge gambler, which I didn't know. And now it all could fall apart. Unbelievable. I mean, just like, what's going on? Yeah, and the Mets, I'm sorry, 70 million will be coming off the books, but Alice, Sandy Alistair would not commit to matching the 155 million the Mets spent. So I feel like the Mets are like in a, the biggest market possible. Well, they are the biggest market, and they're going to be cheap motherfuckers. I, I just don't know. It's got to piss off the fans. You got this. The, the, sell the team to somebody who wants to spend some goddamn money. You, know, you look at the Yankees, what they're spending. The Mets act like they're a, a, a small market team, and they can't be that way. You got to be, you're, you know what? I'm sorry. Whatever happened with you with the freaking, with, what what's his name? With with Mr. Ponzi, the, the ultimate Ponzi, the, the movie. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. What the hell's his name? Ponzi, man, Ponzi. Yeah, $5.6 million. That's what they carded. $5.6 million ticket scam. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Yeah, Madoff. That they did with Madoff. And that has come and bit the Mets in the ass every goddamn day. And I'll tell you, they were trying to sell the team a couple years ago. I think it's got to happen because I can't stand hearing this shit about, oh, wait, we're not going to, we're going to spend the money. You know, we're not going to spend as much. Less 70 million comes off the books. You got to spend. You got to. You got to spend to compete. And what the Mets need, they're not going to get a veteran starting pitcher for cheap. They're not going to need infield help. They need a lot of fucking help. And you're in a big market. Then it can't keep going downhill. The this window is going to close. I mean, they got Syndergaard. They have Degrom. I think Mats can come back. We'll see what happens. But come on, man. And they're saying, oh, with uh, right, his status going to next season is uncertain at best. You think so? And Conforto is having surgery today to repair a torn capsule in his left shoulder, followed from a dislocation suffered during a swing and a miss. And, you know, they're going to keep, said he's keeping an eye, Allison said he's keeping an eye on Juan Lagaris and Brandon Nimmo. Outfielders are a good factor in the Mets' plans in case Conforto's absence cuts in the regular season. But Conforto turned out to be a real player this year. And they're also saying the market for catchers isn't really Jonathan LaCroix, who they were trying to go after. He's coming off a down year. Darno, and Darno, what's Darno hitting? 229? <laughs> uh, Ploiecki's hitting 314 since being promoted in August. Well, folks, it's only September 6th. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Mets need a lot of freaking help. A lot of help. Yeah, $2 million in fake ticket scam. It takes fake tickets. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan is expected to release more information about the arrest. Well, today, supposedly. And Tyrod Taylor cleared from concussion protocol. We'll expect to start Sunday versus the Jets. Sunday night, Dallas Giants. And the NFL moved Dolphins Buccaneers game uh, to week 11 due to Hurricane Irma, which means they're going to have freaking almost three weeks off. Crazy, right? Crazy. That is bananas. Andy Murray says he's unlikely to play again this season. He's got hip problems. T.O. is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I'm very excited. Miami at Arkansas State on Saturday. Canceled due to Hurricane Irma. Won't be made up. 
That was kind of a waste of a game for mine. Come on. Cardin and his partner, Joseph Melly, are accused of running a Ponzi scheme in which they use funds from new investors to repay early investors and other debts. According to the complaint filed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, they ripped off at least $3.6 million from two investors. While on his own, Cardin misappropriated another $2 million from one of the same two investors. The two solicited investments in ticket reselling enterprises, they claim, bought tickets to Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, Robert Waters, Metallica, Barbara Streisand, and Adele shows and resold them at huge profits. Carson falsely claimed to investors that he, sometimes at his own and sometimes through Melly, had access to millions of dollars worth of t- concert tickets at face value. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Turned to the ticket scam in the middle of 2016. This is why he did it. As a result of accruing millions of dollars worth of gambling-related debts to casinos and other third parties. Cardin, uh, in, in a September 7, 2016 email, he wrote, wrote that he was around $3 million in the hole and that he risked and, a loss, and risked and lost 700 of investor money, referring to a $700,000 loss, and he owed 825000 ASAP to, to the person. He also indicated that he owed a total of five hundred. On the 12th to two casinos of referring to a $500,000 debt, the complaint detailed. Unbelievable. And uh, uh, Esaison, I guess he didn't really know what was going on, but he said he he had had Yankee flu following the Yankees' loss, but that he, you know, he said, uh, oh, I don't know, I, I don't want to show up this morning because I don't feel good. But they said it, it was unclear whether he's actually aware of Cardin's arrest. And Michael Bennett said he was held at gunpoint, assaulted by police after Floyd Connor flight in a shocking letter. He said it was racial profiling. He said he took, put on the said they put on the handcuffs too hard. He said the system has failed me. They have video. I mean, it's kind of you know, this stuff keeps happening. He goes, I wasn't doing nothing, man. And then once they found out he was Michael Bennett, then they were like, but it thought, they thought he was some thug or something. Oh, and it comes out, man. Did you watch that preview? That looks scary as shit. I mean, that... Ugh. Oh, oh, oh. And Kim and Kanye are expecting baby number three via surrogate. I'll tell you, that was important. That uh, Breaking news with the Daily Mail and people. I was like, thank God I know that. I feel so much better. Yeah, oh, it was Doug Fister's mouthpiece for an audio device. That's why I, I, I had the name in my head, Doug Fister. Yeah, it was a mouthpiece, not an audio device. But Yankees, better, you got to be diligent. Got to be diligent. Yeah, police drew guns on him. I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Coco Vandaway, congrats on getting to the semis. Got to see if Madison Keys can do it, to, do it tonight against Kanepi from Estonia. And Ben McAdoo pokes fun at Cowboys New Look Secondary. If you know who's playing cornerback, let me know. Yeah, why, why, I, don't, I don't know why he would say that. Odell, we were talking to Harris, said he thinks he's going to play. Misses practice again after taking part in warm-ups. I think, I think he's going to play. I, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't show up. I mean, if he, if he can't. He's going to do all he can to get on the field on Sunday. And Isaiah Thomas, no, no, he's not, he's not better. I don't think the Celtics got better by making this trade. He sp- speaks out in the Players' Tribune. Dude. Just, just worry about yourself. And NCA considering immediate eligibility to transfers who meet specific academic standards. I th- hey, why not? 
Why not? I think it's a good idea. And Grizzlies consider Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley un- untouchable in trade talks. Well, of course, what the, you get rid of those guys, you're fucked. And Red Sox expect to get slap of the wrist from MLB for Apple Watchgate per the Boston Globe. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. And I thought a weatherman in Alabama, he was doing a, Chris Dunn, meteorologist, leans out of frame, <laughs> lets out a rip, rips one, and then continues with the weather forecast. I said, that's why I love the New York Post. The stuff you don't care about, you're shocked that would get on, on the radio or in, in the newspaper, that's what gets in. I don't know why he couldn't hold the Farden. I, I, I guess it really was bothering him. And Cardin bragged, Kurt Cardin, I read, he bragged about how he ran a gambling den from his house. His parents bought him a in television video game console and they had a casino game and he realized he was making so much money and getting so much product and everything the thing he got busted was he took a kid's brand new uh, glove the kid was going to play with the dad and then he cried and ratted out the parents uh, made him give made him give stuff back but he said he was making real money back then so it worked out good for you uh, Carson it really did it, you know it really did that's scary shit, man. You ha- you're on top. You have everything. I mean, I mean, it's it's a sickness. I, I it's it's not a world I'm used to. I I just would never. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just stunned when I read stuff like that. And Bennett said after the fight, you know, he heard he thought he he heard what he thought was the sound of gunshots and began running along with dozens of other people. Bennett said the police singled him out, ordered him to the ground, and held a gun to his head. Forcibly jammed his knee into a cop. Officer put a force, forcefully jammed his knee into his back, handcuffed so tightly that his fingers went numb. He was terrified, wondering if he would see his children again. He was released once they f- was not a thug, common crim- crim- criminal, criminal, or ordinary black man, but Michael Bennett, a famous professional football player. He said they singled me out and pointed their guns at me for doing nothing more than simply being a black man. In the wrong place at the wrong time. LA Confidential's in a series in development. Can, can we stop making... It was a great movie. Let it be. Let's not make it into a TV series. Let's find some new, interesting... I, I just... I don't get it. Oh, it's CBS. Of course it's CBS. CBS says doesn't have a freaking... Uh, uh, intelligent, uh, creative bone in their bodies. All their shows... It really is. Blue Bloods. Good God. That show's been on forever. Terrible terrible and Bennett says he's retained a lawyer to consider a possible civil rights lawsuit over the incident in Las Vegas and how about this Tom Brady has earned 196 million over 17 season if Matthew Stafford plays out his contract he will have earned 262.5 million by the age of 35 with another potential major extension ahead he could be a guy who could turn out to I mean think about that he is he's made a lot of well he got the he was the last guy before one of the last guy yeah the last guy before they went to the rookie salary cap. That's, that's pretty. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of shekels. A lot of shekels. And I love Stafford. And I agree with uh, Andrew Brandt said there should be a development league, some kind of development league for these guys who are getting cut. You know, I mean, you know, they, a lot of guys playing the fourth preseason game, doesn't matter how they do, they're going to get cut hours later. And the mantra, business football with the overriding mantra is so many players, so few jobs. I agree. That's what it felt like. A lot of these guys playing the fourth preseason game for the Bucks when I was watching, they were lame ducks. They weren't going to make the team. And it kind of sucks. Now, it's interesting how, you know, football, they can get NFL players with future non-guaranteed salaries virtually every day of the year. 
In the NBA, MLB, and NHL, players are routinely, routinely released with guaranteed money remaining on the contract. Now, last month, the, the Red Sox re- released uh, Pablo Sandoval Panda with $48 million remaining on his contract, three times the amount owed Osweiler. Yeah, and Brand put a good point. NFL players compared to those in other major sports are sitting at the children's table. I agree. Make them goddamn, make it a freaking guaranteed contract. Now, this is the thing. Matthew Stafford contract establishes new standards. Average per year, $27 million. Total guarantee, $92 million. Guarantee and signing, $60.5. Signing bonus, $50 million. Now, the $50 million is going to come $17 million by September 15th, $16.5 by November 15th, and $16.5 by February 15th. He'll get that in five months. Now, the deal also locks in $86 million by the beginning of its second year, uh, comparing favorably to recent deals. For Derek Carr only got $47 million, and Luck got $60 million. $86 million. This is a mega deal. It really is. A lot of money. It's the closest they said to a fully guaranteed significant veteran contract. I agree. I mean, that's a lot of money, dude. And he said, when I, he negotiated, negotiated the first $100 million contract in the NFL for the Packers with Brett Favre at an average of $11 million a year. 16 years later, he got Stafford at $27 million, the new money over five years, or $25.25 million, including the six year. Basically, an increase of a million per year for the most important position in the sport. Very reasonable for teams. Yeah, because that's your that's your biggest player. Now, comes to see now he's coming to the season at age twenty nine. He's earned one hundred eleven million in his first eight season. Now, like I said, two hundred sixty two five million, two hundred sixty two point five million by thirty five, with another potential major extension ahead. And he, he's made. <laughs> He, he's going to make a lot of money. Brady's at 40. Well, now, okay, now we got to take Brady. Let's take it into consideration. He has taken hometown. He's given hometown discounts. So let's not compare the two, but still, Stafford, $111 million at the age of 29. That is a lot of freaking shekels. Good for him. And the Yankees put right into their pitcher Adam Warren on the 10-day deal with lower back spasm. Those back spasms. Unbelievable, man. And Eddie Lacy could get 20 to 25 carries versus Packers if Thomas Rawls' ankle is out. Eddie Lacy lost that weight. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off, baby. And the judge in the Eli memorabilia case has to step aside for a second time because he has ownership of two PSLs and he has a, he is a huge, giant, longtime Giant fan. Said since the 50s or 60s, the judge, Superior Court Judge James J. DeLuca where they said he didn't sign the stuff, and some people saying that he actually didn't sign the stuff. He said, Eli's, Eli's not going to do... Eli makes too much goddamn money for this shit to even be brought up. Come on. That's not, that's not the way he plays. That's not his bag, baby. Not his bag at all. All right. Now. All right. Yeah, I, I got a little excited today. Uh, I, I'm, I, Cardin did not make me happy. All right, Mitchell Trubisky is now the top backup for... The Bears. Nice going. Tar Heel. Tar Heels just keep showing up everywhere. They're everywhere. They're omnivorous. That was in a Simpsons episode. God, he's everywhere. He's omnivorous. Okay. Last night's trivia question. Okay. UConn women's basketball have the second longest streak with 111 wins that ended at the 2017 Final Four when they lost to Mississippi State. But do you know who's third on the list? Penn State's women's volleyball team 
from 2007 to 2010. I think it was 110. That's who they replaced on the list. Okay, today's trivia question. NBA record for most rebounds per game in a season. NBA record for most rebounds per game in a season. Okay? Now. Yeah. I got off on a little tangent today, but that's okay. I really want to read that book about... What's that book I want to read? Oh, I also read Donald Trump may profit. There's a building complex in Brooklyn that's going to... $850 million or something. Are we shocked? Does any president walk out of office with less money than when he did when he walked in? Well, we don't know what really Trump is worth. So, But I, I don't, I don't want to get into politics here. Yankees playing tomorrow. Mets playing tonight. I don't think the Mets are going to play tonight. And it's freezing out, man. September 6th should be goddamn warm around. All right, folks, have a great night. Enjoy. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.